0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to the 1865 match report. It finished Everton 1, Forest 1 at Goodison Park, as Steve Cooper's Reds get their first away points of the season, and Forest get their first away Premier League points for 23 years. It was an even game of football on the whole. I think a point on reflection is a fair result. Forrest might look at the story of the game and the, the late goal that they scored to take the lead and perhaps think that they could have held on for all three points, but on the day it wasn't to be. Brendan Johnson gave Forrest the lead on 81 minutes with a, a tidy finish after a shot from Ryan Yates was saved and the rebound fell to Brennan in the box. He took it away nicely, but Everton replied with a few minutes to go through Damari Gray, a long ball upfield from Jordan Pickford, came to Gray who controlled it in acres of space and took the ball past Dean Henderson to earn Everton a share of the spoils. Before we get into the match reports, we have the Everton View coming up later. We've got Mike from the Unholy Trinity podcast joining us. And we've also got the Forest News from Callum to come later on. It's Stephen here and joining me for this match report it's Adam, the cycling defender, who made the trip up to Liverpool today to Goodison Park. And he's here with me now. So, Adam, your first of all, what was the day like? Another big away day, Premier League away day in a historic ground in Goodison.
2: Yeah, look, it's it's not one I've been to before, um, and it's it's what you call a proper football ground for me. Like the at, the atmosphere was was brilliant. Before, you know, post you know, before the game, um, you know, I think. The day itself was great. You know, we know went to the club before, and the Everton fans, Forest fans were mixing absolutely fine. You know, talking to each other. I spoke to a few Everton fans before the game. You know, it was it was a it was a good, fun day. Got into the ground and stuff. And the only thing that I would say was lacking a little bit was the home support. I thought they were. You know, I'd heard this legendary, you know, Goodison Park atmosphere, and I just didn't really get that. The Forest fans were absolutely unbelievable, as we always are when we go away from home and even at home. Um, But no, I thought Everton fans were slightly disappointed. I think maybe it reflects the mood of the club at the moment.
1: Yeah, and I think that came across on the match coverage as well. Watching live, the Forest fans were making good noise throughout and it was only when Everton scored that goal that the fans really started to get behind them. So, as you say, perhaps a reflection on events and the way things are being run at their club at the moment. Let's move on to the game itself then and start with the Forest team news. And it was one change for the Reds, which we knew was coming. And that was Musa Niakate, who has dropped out. Stop. Musa Niakate, who who picked up an injury against West Ham last week, a hamstring injury looks like now he'll be out for several months, unfortunately, but it was Steve Cook who came into the starting 11 to replace him. And aside from that change, it was the same Forest team, which beat West Ham last weekend. Adam, did you expect that team news and Forest to, Go largely with the same group of players who got such a great win last weekend. Yeah,
2: I think you have to. I mean, I, I, I'm a firm believer in if you if you don't change your winning team, you know, we played really well against West Ham, and you know, of course, we wrote a look a little bit, um, but I think overall we play really well against them. And I, I thought it would have been harsh to drop anyone really, even though you have brought in such brilliant players. It's you know, you've got a reward. Reward-winning games, and I think that's what he did today. And it's a shame about Nick Martin because I think that he's, a, he's just a fantastic centre-back. Like he's just so calm on the ball. Like he's quick. He's just athletic. And I think that they're a very athletic player. Um, so he, I think he was a big miss today. Um, but I, I think Cook was absolutely fine. And Cook's not the not the defender that I have an issue with today personally. Um. The bench suddenly
1: looks a lot stronger as well. Forrest this week, as we all know, have made the signing of Morgan Gibbs White. He was on the bench alongside fellow new signings Remo Freuler, Chekuyarte, and Emmanuel Dennis. And all of a sudden, the Forest bench has depth on it, doesn't it? And it was evident today just looking at some of those names, the fact that the record signings on the bench, perhaps that had something to do with how close to the match that his transfer went through from Wolves, gibbs why? but did you think there'd be a chance he could actually start this game at Goodison?
2: Uh, no, I, 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 I didn't expect him to start. Um, it's not just about, because there's a lot of people saying why oh, he's been playing for Wolves, so it's not, you know, his match fitness is there. He's you know he's he's absolutely fine, but it, it is also going to a new team, into a new system. Although Steve Cooper does know him, and I think that that's actually a reflection on why he came on and Dennis didn't. For example, I think it's because he knows Morgan Gibbs White so well, so he knows what exactly what he'll get out of him. I think that's why he came on. But now I didn't start. At, you know, I thought it was probably a little bit too soon for him. But I think there was someone's put a picture up. Uh, just basically showing the, the, the team last week with the bench and the team this week with the bench and it's just, it's so refreshing to see that we've got this squad now and I get a little bit frustrated seeing on Twitter people saying, oh, you know, we don't need to sign any more players, You know, we, know, we don't need this player, we're well-stocked in that position. I, I've seen this link with a few right backs this week and people say, well, we've got Nico Williams. It's like, well, okay, yeah, but if Nico Williams gets injured, what do we do then? Because VN is probably a you back up, but he's also a centre half, so is he a natural backup. And you've got nine substitutes and five subs that you can use in the game. You have to have a big squad of players to choose from. I think having seasoned pros like Piarte on the bench, having Champions League experience in Remo Farula, and having pace in, you know, obviously Emmanuel Dennis and then obviously Morgan Gibbs-White as well. It was so refreshing to see that today. I really was, and I felt like we could change the game if we needed to off the bench.
1: Yeah, and it's it's evidence that you look at that bench now when you've got the options to change a game, whereas before, for the first two games, you looked at the bench and thought, well, some of these lads wouldn't even get into our bench in the Championship last season. Such was the jump into the Premier League and... As you say, the, the squad that needs to be built now with the introduction of five substitutes and nine on the bench. But Forrest, it looks like they've they've made those steps and that depth is now in the squad. Coming into the game itself, then so to begin with, Everton were probably the brighter side, carving out more opportunities, more on the attack. And it was Dean Henderson, who was forced into some early saves, he made a double stop to deny Anthony Gordon and then followed up with another save to keep out Damari Gray. And there was also an early free kick from Gray, which flashed across the face of goal and wide. Um, it, It did take Forrest a little bit of time to get into this game, didn't it? And find
2: their feet. Yeah, I think it was to be expected, though, yeah. You know the the first two games for Everton, you know they had no points. Um, they would have been determined to come into this, um, probably with a a mindset that might not seem fair to us as Forest fans, um, but a mindset of kind of thinking, well, we're at home, we're playing a newly promoted side. You know we haven't got any points on the board yet. We really, really need to get some points on the board. Let you know, we've got to go out and then we've got to try and win the game. And ultimately today that they, they, they needed to win the game. Um so it didn't surprise me that the way they came out. I think it's I think we struggled to deal with it early on. Um but it, such is the quality of their players as well. Like, you know, Demari Gray got a lot of stick from the Forest fans today. Um I think it was it was earlier on in the game where he went down quite easily and he got quite a bit of stick after that but also then he's an the ex-Leicester player which you know definitely riled off a few fans and stuff so no I wasn't surprised with the way that they came out and I think that they really thought we could get an early goal and really put yeah, we can really put some pressure on Forest like Newcastle did when they got the goal
1: Well yeah that was the difference wasn't it that Forest were more resolute today they didn't give that first goal away and Everton couldn't find that breakthrough that they would have wanted to um you know to to get themselves in front and I suppose get the get the result which a lot of their fans were expecting. They were looking at Forest as a newly promoted team and a a side who they could take three points off. But I think we saw again the the resoluteness of this forest side. They are hard to break down and they They've got the goalkeeper who is really proving his worth. And again, more saves in the first half. There was a clearance by Steve Cook to deny Gray and block a shot away for a corner. Henderson, again, making saves in that second half. It is really encouraging to see Forrest stepping up to this level, but actually being quite solid with it.
2: Yeah, I, I, to be honest, when we... Defend. I do think we defend well overall. Um, Dean Henderson is a different level. I, I, I can't understand. I and mean, when we got him on loan, you know, I've got a few friends that are United fans. And they couldn't understand why he had been loaned out. I mean, you know, the assumption because De Gea had a good season last year, um, but he still has his weaknesses, his flaws that, of course, have been you know brought to light recently, especially against Brentford. Um, you know, Dean Henderson had the chance from the Forest fans to stay England's number one. Um obviously then uh, Jordan Pitford England's number two, which was quite funny. Um but he is he is England's number one for me. I, I, I don't see a world in which he's not better than Jordan Pitford or Aaron Ramsdale. I think it's just Nick Pope that I'd be like, mm, maybe but he's a, he's outstanding. And I think that when you have a good goalkeeper that it gives you the back three in our case confidence. It gives them the, the belief to think, right? Well, we do have an excellent goalkeeper behind us. I'm only complaint about the defence today. Um, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of people jumping on the bandwagon to always have to have someone to you know dig out if you like. Um, I've seen a lot, a lot on social media tonight of Joe Worrell getting a lot of flack. Um, I just think it's taken him a bit of time to adjust to the Premier League. I don't think it's the case that he's not good enough. I don't think it's a case of that he's, you know, oh, he won't work in the Premier League. I just think it's for three games in. I mean, he's maybe a yard off the pace at the moment. Um, He's maybe adjusting to the league because it's so different to the Championship, the level. But I don't think he can't do it. I think I think that that is wide of the mark. I think he he didn't have the best game today, um, granted. And I've seen a lot of comments to state that he's maybe the weak link in the back three, which. I think is a bit unfair, but I, I do get, I understand where people are coming from a bit. Yeah. But-
1: He's probably not got the obvious attributes that say Scott McKenna's got with his physicality or neocarte has got with his pace and his, re- his recovery speed. But I, that's not to say that Worrell is not a capable pl- uh, Premier League player. He is somebody who's constantly developed through his time at Forest. And I think, yeah, what you're saying there, he's, he's still developing, isn't he, in many ways? There's a reason why Premier League clubs have been looking at him for a few years now.
2: Yeah, and he is still young as well. And I think that, that's one thing to, you know, he's not, he's not Steve Cook. He's not, you know, early 30s season. Perhaps. He's, he's still only 24, 25. He's still a young man. Like, of course, he's going to take time to adapt. And, you know, I think it was actually, probably didn't, didn't help, Morrill's case that Ryan Hicks came on was absolutely outstanding today. <laughs> he came on and was like a duck to water in the Premier League. He was brilliant, but he, he was didn't look out of place in the slightest. But Moral well, will come good. You know, I, I don't think there's any time to panic yet. I think that defensively we look solid, though, not just because of the back three, but also because um, you've got Mangala sat in front of them and O'Brien. I, I want to sort of pick out Van Gaal maybe a little bit more on the defensive side of things because he he is fantastic I don't know, like I, I've seen him play before not an awful lot of him but I've seen him play before but he he's so much better than I thought he'd be uh, I, 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 he's adapted so well to the Premier League I thought he was absolutely brilliant today it's such a shame he had to pass Thank, you know thankfully he's not injured um, Steve Steve Cooper obviously confirmed after the game which is brilliant But the way he wins the ball back, the way he gets his tackles, the way that he breaks the play up it's exactly what we needed. Um, And I'm so glad we found that. And it does make the defence a lot more solid to have that player in front of them.
1: Yeah, he's been fantastic so far, hasn't he? And I thought Lewis O'Brien, again, was putting in a very tidy performance today, building on the good showing that he had against West Ham. And, There's the makings there of a a very decent partnership between the two of them. And that's before you even consider Freuler, who's going to come in at some point, we imagine, and is the guy who plays international football regularly and has got Champions League experience. It does look like we are quite well stocked in the midfield and it's showing on the pitch as well, isn't it? Kiyote, another example, coming on today and seeing out the match. Suddenly there's plenty of options in there for Steve Cooper.
2: Well, yeah, because the thing is with spoiler as well is that I'm still very surprised that he chose to come to Forest. I mean, you, you've got to consider that that Atalanta team are probably on the back end of you know, their success. They've overachieved the season. You've got, you know, Ilicic and Zapata. Obviously, Papu Gomez already left. They're kind of ageing out a little bit now. So I think maybe he's looked at it and gone, OK, well, look, I'm going to be on more money at Forest, which he inevitably will be we cut you know our wages we can't compete with Premier League wages. But I think it's also is there's an opportunity here to play in the Premier League and that is something that a lot of players do want to do. So maybe that's what it is, but I'm I'm so shocked that no no other club in the Premier League went in for him. Um you know but I don't see because he will get his chance and that's the thing like, there will be a lot of squad rotation. We have a big squad we will need to you know but the key thing is when you rotate in the squad, obviously, it's why Man City are so good at it. Um, is that when you bring somebody in, there's not a massive drop off on quality, or occasionally there's not a drop off in quality at all. You can bring a player in and not lose that. And for me, Borrell is going to be fantastic when he comes in. Keontae is very versatile as well. He can play centre mid. He can play, you know, holding midfield to break the play, or he can play centre half. Um, I think that maybe we, with nier out injured, we could see Chiarte filling at centre-back. Um, he's also quite quick. I know he's a little bit older now, so he's maybe lost that touch of pace that he had when he was at Anderlecht in West Ham, but he is still that player, so maybe that could be an interesting option. But it's nice to have this discussion and say, we have so many players that can fit into this position, and the players that are there are already playing really well. Not even to mention Ryan Yates
1: yeah plenty of options available to Forrest, and these players are already starting to show their worth so Forrest went in nil nil at half time and I think we could all be pretty happy with that first half showing on balance second half again everton did come out a bit and created some opportunities again. Henderson was called into action a few times, made some really smart saves, but one of the One of the um, kind of elements of that first half, and you touched on it earlier with the Everton fans, the longer that the game went on without them scoring and without them playing particularly flowing stuff attack-wise, the more that the fans seemed to get on their back. And that started to work in Forrest's favour, didn't it? It seemed as if Forrest were beginning to grow into the game sort of around 10 minutes or so into that second half.
2: Yeah, I, I think that there, there, there was certainly a lot of um, sort of the way to put it. I think, I think it's more, there was no boos. Um, there wasn't there wasn't any booing or anything like that from the fans, but it was the, it was the groans and it was the, oh, like, you know, a, a misplaced pass, it was a big groan from the whole, crowd. Oh, like, you yeah, know, the frustration it went, you know, I think players like, for example, yeah, like Gordon, I think Gordon's a really good player. Um, I think that he's definitely got a lot of ability, and seeing him in person, maybe sort of go, you know, what he does have a lot of ability, but that end product sometimes he'd, he'd misplace a pass or he'd shoot when there was a better option. It was just the groan from the crowd. It was, it was that frustration of kind of a team that's, I and mean, this is where it's weird because we're in August, but we've got to remember, but it there's almost a groan of a team that's halfway through the season and nothing's going right for them. You're at home. You're only starting only your third game of the season. There's no panic button needs to be hit yet. So it, it really surprised me. I mean, I know this has probably come off the end of last season as well. Lampard came in and did a a solid job, a steady job. Um But I know that Everton fans weren't exactly thrilled with what's happened and the fact that they've lost um So you know, calvert Lewin can't stay fit. So they just I mean the starting Premier League games with Solomon Rondon. It's not good enough to start Premier League football matches. Um, you know, they're crying out for a centre forward, they're crying out for somebody that that can, you know, get them on their feet as well. Like Dwight McNeil will come into that role at some point. But I get the frustration. I do understand it. I, I get a lot of the grievances that Everton fans have, but getting all your teams back on a third game of the season is just nonsense to me. I don't understand it at all.
3: The
1: 1865 match Forrest seemed to be encouraged by that that kind of discontent among the Everton fans it gave them the opportunity to to get get more into the game take the game a bit more to their hosts having defended fairly resolutely for the first hour or so the forest got into better positions, players Toffolo and Williams, the wingbacks were getting forward more and there were more chances for Forrest. Ryan Yates had an effort which was deflected wide for a corner. And then on 81 minutes, the Reds eventually took the lead and I think deservedly so as well. Brennan Johnson, with his first goal of the season, having been denied last week by a correct offside call against West Ham. Talk us through this one, because uh, I think you had quite a good view of it, didn't you, from your vantage point in the away end?
2: Yeah, I was I was quite near the front. Um, so it was, you know, was screaming for Yates to shoot. He's on the edge of the box. And to be fair, he can. Like, he scored a few goals last season, so he, he can. Um you can almost describe Yates as a goal-scoring midfielder now, which is quite strange to think, but he kind of is. He scored quite a few goals last season. So, yeah, now he hits the shot, he parries back out. Um, the only concern from sort of our angle was kind of, well, once, when Yates hit the shot was Brennan in the offside position when he hit the shot. Um, obviously, he wasn't, which is was great <laughs> for us, but, now it comes back out to Brennan, there's no chance, there's no way in my mind that he doesn't score. Um, it's the big positive from the day. Um, not just the fact that we we scored a goal and got a point out of the game, it's more the fact of who scored. Um you didn't want it to go a long time for Brennan waiting for that goal because, you know, last season he was our best player, he was our key player. This season of course there's this there's Gibbs there's there's other there's Dennis, there's other players, how many they've been brought in, but I still want Brennan Johnson to be and I still think he can be our best player or one of our best players. So that would mean the world to him to get that goal, um, and I tell you this now, mate, honestly, some of the some of the biggest limbs I've ever seen in the way. Of, I I was on I was from my seat, and I I, I don't even know I couldn't even tell you how it happened, but I was on the front row by the time of two minutes after like thirty seconds after that ball was hit the back of the net, I'm on the front row. I'm in the eighth row when I started. <laughs> I ushered down the stairs with my dad. And we're on the front row and stuff. I'm gonna watch match of the day tonight, and I'd be surprised if I'm not on match of the day tonight after that. <laughs> there you go. And uh, your uh,
1: your TV appearance front row Goodison that's not bad, is it? That's uh, one way to, to celebrate a goal. <laughs> it did. The Forest fans were, were superb throughout and. Yeah, the shots of them celebrating with with Brennan and Jesse Lingard and Gibbs White all getting involved as well. Brilliant to see. And These are the kind of moments that you get promoted for. You know, these big away grounds in the Premier League scoring these kind of goals, it it really was special. Um, Unfortunately for Forrest, it wasn't to be the winning goal. Um, Everton did find an equaliser seven minutes later through Damari Gray. Now, this talking through this goal it's it's a bit of a frustrating one it's a well-taken goal from Damari Gray's point of view Um, Jordan Pickford launches a pass upfield and we all know how good his distribution is the Forest defence has pushed up high it's left with it looks like Worrell has been shifted across or and then there's a fullback out of position as well, which means that there's space for Damari Gray. He collects the ball, carries it forward with his pace and slots it past Dean Henderson for the equaliser. It, Looking at it,
2: it's, it is a frustrating goal to concede, Adam. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was, complete. but the thing is the reaction from the away end was more, oh, it's got to be outside because it, it has to be offside. There's there's no way that Damari, I mean, because He took it down brilliantly. It was a calm and composed finish past a goalkeeper that was in red-hot form today and last week. So, you know, it was a confident finish. And, you know, Damari Gray after all, the stick that he got from Forest fans took it very well. I'm sure he enjoyed that one after the stick he got. But I just couldn't, I couldn't understand how there was so much room. I, I couldn't understand how he was, you know, completely free in the middle of the park. And going for wrong goals. goal. So we were all thinking the ball's gone in and thinking, all right, okay, don't worry because VAR to the rescue um, is clearly offside. And, you know, I haven't actually watched it back yet. I was, I'm, I'm the sort of person that now we're on like match of the day and stuff. I don't actually want to watch anything forest related until match of the day. I sort of look forward to it. But no, I've heard from quite a few people that he absolutely wasn't offside. He just got a lot of space for the middle. Um, Disappointing, really disappointing to concede that. Don't know, you know, I've seen a lot of people online saying, oh, you can't say play, that doesn't happen. You can't say that you don't know, do you? Ultimately, no. it's, it's one of those. It's, it's disappointing, but you learn from it. Um, you will, you will concede sloppy goals at any level. Um, we've just got to make sure that you don't kick yourself too much about it or point the finger too much at one person. Really, you know, Joe Wallace took a lot of flack for the goal. I don't. I don't know if it was his fault. You know, I can't see from our side. I'm sure I'll be able to see a bit more on match today. But from people I spoke to that watched it, it wasn't his fault. So,
1: and it's Premier League football, isn't it? These moments can happen in a in a few seconds. You you can concede a goal, and it, it makes such a difference in games. That's how quickly matches can swing at this level, and that's something that Forest will need to get used to and and adapt to as they continue to play these matches and gain more Premier League experience looking back on the the balance of play though I think a point for both sides was a fair reflection of the match would you go along
2: with that yeah points fair you know coming out of the ground um leave a a set of you know, in a way that that is the biggest compliment to football that both sets of fans wanted and felt they could win the game. You know, that's what you want. That's what you want the Premier League to be. That's what you want competitive football to be. But you no, know, on, on the day, look, Everton had a lot of chances. Um, the one that sticks out to me after this one was Anthony Gordon's, where I was convinced he scored. You know, he's, he's had the opportunity to go around Henderson. Henderson stood tall, and he hasn't. You know on another day he knobs it round him and he goes the coast you know and they get a, a winner which they wouldn't have deserved. I think it's you know, they did get the tails up after they scored and after they scored I felt like we were hanging on a little bit. Then if you want to go flip that on its head, Yates could have scored and made it two one. You know, he had the I probably call it a half chance. I don't think it was a clear call. I mean it was probably a half chance but but that was the game. That was the game in a nutshell. You know, they they had a chance. We had a few chances. We come close or, you know, so Points fair either way. Don't think either set of fans were dead pleased with it. We were probably the happier to go away to in and get a point. Um but yeah, it's a fair result. I think that Everton three games in one point. I think theirs is probably a bigger picture the reason that they're not happy with it.
1: Morgan Gibbs White, who signed in the week from Wolves, made his forest debut off the bench Today, replacing Taiwo Awani on the hour mark. What were your first impressions of him in a forest shirt?
2: Yeah, it's funny because actually his first touch. He miscontrolled it, and then <laughs> Everton went on the counter attack. And I was, you know, I wasn't worried. Obviously, I know how good a player is, but you know, there's a few groans of, from people around. As like, oh no! Um, but now, lucky was brilliant. He he, he really grew into the game. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping they show it later on much today. But he had that this little it rose right in front of us as well. This little turn where he flicks in, he, he beats a player with this you know little turn and give and go with. Uh, I think it was either Johnson or I can't remember. But and he just went. Oh, he, just, he, do, he he does have that class. He has that touch of class on the ball. I saw it at Sheffield United last season. Um, he obviously punished us with it a couple of times last season. Actually, he loves scoring at the Stadium Ground, does not he? Um, Hopefully that continues. But yeah, no, look, he, he looked really good when he came on, and I'm just really excited to see what he's, he's going to be doing going forward. I, I'd expect that he probably starts next week.
1: Yeah, me too. And I look forward to seeing what he can offer Forrest now that he's finally joined the club and he's working again with Steve Cooper. You're listening
3: to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast.
1: Now it's time to hear the Everton perspective on the match, and now we are joined by Mike
3: from the Unholy Trinity Everton podcast. Just got back from Goodison Park to to see a pretty old eventful game. Really, uh, Everton won. Nottingham Forest won. Uh, a game that, from an Everton point of view, um, you know we started pretty well. Bossed the game in the first 15 15-20, Took our foot off the gas um let let Forest back into the game. Um and and then sort of saw things through till till half time again, pretty much on the on the front foot and that, that continued into the second half for the for the early parts. Uh, but we we lost our way um and, and left Forrest into the game in my opinion. I was I was quite surprised how many times during the game we had so much control. You know, both both sides obviously key to to pick up points. Uh, I think Forrest came to and we're quite happy to, to get the draw. Uh, a bit, bit of time wasting going on from from early on, especially from, from Dean Henderson. Um but I think I think ourselves, we know where we where we lack. We we know uh, a strike is, is desperately needed. Salomon Rondon did, did fairly well in the time that he was on. Clearly, the mind you thought he couldn't do the full ninety, so he, he gave about an hour um overall. But we, we, we seem to at that particular point once we, we took our our focal point off up top. We we seemed to lose our way and it was a, a little bit too easy for, for Forrest and you know the, some good some good young kids there, you know, you know no one more than, than uh, Brendan Johnson who, who got his, his first Premier League goal. Uh, Morgan Gibbs White came on, looked looked pretty pretty solid as well. Um but it was a game really that you know you you look back on it and you'd probably say a draw was about right. Um as an Everton fan, disappointed we didn't win the game, based on the the number of of better chances that we had. You know, we we look back at Anthony Gordon late on when it was one all, could have won it. Uh, he had uh, another couple of chances in the game as well, uh, drawn a couple of saves from from Dean Henderson. Um, Someone Rondon could have done better with the one he swivelled on the edge of the box and and put the shot just wide. So there was chances there for us to win it. Forrest had a couple of chances um but nothing nothing particularly major in my opinion and so always disappointing when we I feel we've been the better side over the course of the 90 minutes and not come away with the with the three points. Um but I feel I feel both sides didn't want to lose that game today. Uh a better point for Forrest than it is it is for ourselves. We've got to dust ourselves down and, and go again and hopefully make make some more some more moves in the transfer market over over him next week or so so all in all about right i'd say one all but still from an Everton point of view disappointing not to get the three points
1: thanks mike and now it's time for the forest news
0: hi it's callum castell with the 1865 news roundup this week um one place to start the gibbs white deal it did come through in the end it's been a long time waiting um, the fee was something that needed to be sorted out for a long time and it came to fruition so to break it down it was reported that it's a 25 mil fee that Wolves re- will receive straight away from Forest. that could rise to 7 to ten million pounds depending on the add-ons it sounds like they're quite realistic um, and then some unrealistic add-ons that take up to 42 pounds 5 mil which John Percy reported uh, would have to mean Forest making Europe uh, and other bits like that. So may not take up to 42.5 mil, but nevertheless, that's Forest's record signing, all sealed and delivered. Um, that kind of means that the Neil Moore pay deal uh, rose and crashed in the same week. It looks like Fulham were going to take him for £15 million. Pounds. It was something that Forrest were close to, um, but they moved on to Gibbs White. Uh, that kind of leaves a bit of doubt on the Hussam OR Situation. Uh, he hasn't been in the Leon squad. It has been reported that he's looking to move uh, pretty soon. Uh, there's a few bits with that, different reports. It's something to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't put my hat on it. Um, some good and bad news in terms of injuries. Uh, Steve Cooper did confirm that Nia is going to be out for a few months, which is a big dent to the team. Um, Straight after the game, John Percy reported that Willy Bolly would be the first player that Forrest inquired for for around a million, which was rejected. Um, but Yates has returned to the squad and played against Everton, and Oro Mangala, that's been put down to a bit of fatigue, so hopefully everything should be okay in that regard. Um, another little bit of transfer news, Joe Lolly moved to Sydney, so we wish him all the best there. And uh, James Garner has been made available by Manchester United. So that was obviously something that Forrest were keeping an eye on for a while. Um, but it seems like Man United had to keep an eye on him for too long of a time for Forrest. It might still happen, but it's less likely with all the midfielders that have been bought. Uh, I'll be back with the news after the Tottenham game.
1: Thanks, Callum. And to wrap up this match report episode, we'll look forward to the visit of Tottenham Hotspur to the city ground next Sunday, a big marquee fixture, one of the top six, arguably top four coming to the city ground. One of the fixtures, I'm sure many Forest fans were looking forward to when those fixtures were first announced back in June. And Adam, how are you feeling about this one? Are you more confident after the performance, not only today, but also West Ham in front of a, a home city ground crowd last week?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm excited for the next two games. Um, I'm not nervous for either because I don't think anyone, no one expects us to get anything out of either of them, right? So. There's no reason to be nervous. And I'm sure Steve Cooper's message would probably be quite similar to the players. Like, look, people don't, you know, you're not expected to go out and get anything. But, you know, at home, you know, West Ham are a team that are trying to qualify for Europe again this season. You know, they're trying to push the top six, I, I'd imagine, from what, you know, what it seems like from their fan base or they haven't started particularly well. But, um, and they came here last week and I think we really did well against them. Um, we won't fear anyone at home. You know, I think we'll have a terrific home record this year. We've had a terrific home record under Steve Cooper. Um, so, I, I don't expect this game to be easy for Tottenham in the slightest. I, I think that they they will they will find out quite quickly that if they're coming in complacent, you know, if they've, if they've watched Arsenal today at Bournemouth and thought, well, that's what we'll do at Forest, it won't be the case at all. Um, but, look, Harry Kane's one of my favourite players. From a personal perspective, to go to the England captain play against your club is is pretty special. Um, so you know I'm excited for things like that. But there'll be no friend. <laughs> there'll be no like I like Harry Kane on the day so because it like you know he's a terrific right and it worries me. But no, look, it's we're all excited for it. This is why you get married, isn't it? The big occasions, the big games, um, the big players all coming to the state ground. It's not a free hit because there's no free hits in league games. You can't have a free hit in a league match. You need to try and get as much points on the board. But we can play with a bit more freedom, I think. And I think it'd be a terrific game of football.
1: It promises to be, doesn't it? And, and plenty to look forward to. A confident Forest team taking on the quality that Spurs possess that you've mentioned there. The likes of Kane, Son, Kulaseski. You know, big game players. Uh, and of course, following that up with a, a trip to Champions Manchester City a few days later. So, whilst Forest season isn't going to be defined by results against the likes of Spurs or Man City, I mean, it's still a great opportunity to to test yourselves. And yeah, you never know you might you might get a positive result against these teams. I do fancy Forest at some point this season to upset one of those so-called big six teams and they've got nothing
2: to fear, have they? Well, no, and I think that's what it comes down to. They shouldn't be fair um, playing these clubs. Um, Like you say, I I don't see that that our season will be defined by these games, but they always say, what is it, about 40 points that you want to have on the board to sort of go, that's probably where we're safe or we're, we're close to being safe quicker you get there the quicker you can relax and play your game and play your football and you know and I think that you've got these games against Man City and you know Tottenham and then in you know, a couple of months time we've got Arsenal away at the end of October and you know Liverpool at home in October as well you've got to play these teams there's no point going on you the, the top six home and away you know those those 12 games of football we're not going to get we're not going to we're not bothered if we get anything out of them you, you can't look at it like that through so the six home games against these clubs, you've got to think, well, you've got to come here and get something off us because Man City, when we play them, we play them in February, they're going to be right in the midst of a title charge at that point. They've got to come to the city ground and get something. Spurs were disappointing today. We watched Spurs game. You know, they've been pretty poor today against a, a Wolves team that certainly aren't firing on all servers either. So, they're, they're, they're under pressure. I don't, I, don't think to, I, don't, I don't think Spurs are in a title challenge, but that was the opinion before the season, that they'd be the closest third. They've got to prove that. They've got to come to the city ground, which Dean Henderson described as a fourth and it's exactly what we want it to be. They've got to come here and win. And I sound like Kevin Keegan when I'm saying, like, they've got to come here and get something. But <laughs> I would love it if we beat them. And I do think we can beat them. And we've got nothing to fear and nothing to lose. If they come here and beat us 2-0, no one's going to be like, oh, Forrest, we're awful today. It. It'll just be more, you know, special. Like, well and Spurs did their job so look i excited looking forward to it. I think every forest lucky enough to be going next week and myself should drink it all in when it happens absolutely we'll
1: leave it there thanks Adam and thanks also to you listener for joining us for this match report we'll be back with you after the Spurs game next week don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your podcast platform to make sure that you don't miss any of our match reports and also to make sure that fellow Forest fans find our content and listen. Thanks again, and until next time, goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.